Welcome to the Pump Fake Podcast. Very, very excited to bring you what we believe is a fantastic show to kick off the season. Very, very excited again. I'll be joined with Patrick as I always am. Patrick, say what's up. What's up? We've got an amazing podcast for you. You're going to love it every single second of it. I'll kind of break it down, what it's going to look like. We're going to do a little introduction, tell you how excited we are about this league, uh, about this season as well. We also get into auction, just kind of our two cents is what we thought about it. We also get into team names. We also highlight Kevin, his graphic ability, unbelievable, unmatched, am I right? The eight people that are in this. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Uh, capacity that we have in this room. We're very, very proud of Kevin. We also get into some big data. You guys are going to love that. Work very, very hard for those. We talk about some traits. So actually, if you stick along long enough into the podcast, you're going to actually get trade talks that did happen live on the podcast, as well as ones that happened day of. So if you are interested in trades and what people are willing to give up, Feel free to listen that far into it. We get into sticky notes, which we explain at that time, just kind of making sure that we have comments for the group me and in the podcast and throughout the league notated so that we can hold everybody accountable. And then we finish up with an explanation and punishment reveal of the weekly review at the end of our podcast. We're excited to give it to you guys. We're excited to be back in the booth and we think you're going to love this podcast. It's going to be great. It's a long one. We understand that, but... How else do you expect us to shake off the rust and get back to it than to have an hour and 45-minute podcast? Just put it on while you're working, while you're driving. Driving away. You know, listen to it twice. Listen to it three times. We've got shot callers. We've got beverages. We've got a lot of stuff to get through, so just buckle up. Buckle up and enjoy. See ya. My name is Vinny P, and I am joined, as always, with my boy... Patrick P, in the dojo. Patrick P, P-Sweezy? P-Sweezy, Patrick P, whatever you want to call me. In the dojo, meaning that we are in his home location, opening up to you guys. Very, very excited about the podcast. We are a double bourbon deep at this point. We've worked out a lot of electronics. We've got everything on board so that you guys have a great experience from the beginning to the end, and I know you guys are excited. All the little kids are excited. <laughs> All the little kids have come to the have, dojo. We do have a live audience now. Uh, it's one of the new tech features that we've adapted to the podcast is that we actually have in the dojo seating for, what's the capacity in here? It's the capacity of about eight to eight and a half. And over in Caterham, yes. there's going to be so many. There's going to be... 20 to 20 and a half over in Caterham. But, you know, that's future. You know, Caterham, we're making our way out there. Is that where our main headquarters will be? Is in Caterham? I mean, that's where our biggest fan base is, so it makes a lot of sense. Well, it's in the United States, but I will say I'm most surprised by the Caterham listeners, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, So we want to go through, we're going to go through a number of topics here. It's going to be a lot of fun. You guys are going to enjoy us talking about your teams who are a part of the Fight Club League, the other listeners are going to enjoy us talking about those 
uh, random people that they don't know. But over the course of the season, we actually anticipate to interview, hopefully everybody, on a you know, uh, from week to week. Hopefully, we'll get everybody in the league on a phone interview at some point, and maybe get some of those Caterham followers a little bit of context for who they're rooting for, rooting against. Maybe we'll do a better job of creating a Twitter account so maybe they can follow some of the information there. I don't know. Who knows? The sky's the limit. Yes. But in this podcast, we want to bring you guys some good content, talking about your 12 teams, and also kind of breaking down what this year is going to look like for us. What we have gone ahead and done, obviously we've introduced ourselves to you guys, but also uh, we've set up some parameters for what this is going to look like for me and Patrick recording, just to kind of add some fun to this process for us. Patrick, will you tell them what... um, what we have strapped to our legs to assist in our podcast production. Mm-hmm. It's a dog correction device, otherwise known as a shock collar. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes Chip a better dog, and it makes us better people, because what's going to happen is anytime you hear the word um or mm or like, what we're going to do is we're going to buzz each other. Um, buzz, little buzz shock. Fall in there. Who? Us? Yes. Like, uh, 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 um. um Filler. Filler words are going to get the shock. I'll go ahead and hit you with an uh. Just a uh. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't take much. No, it doesn't. So we've got shock collar strapped to our legs every single time. Hopefully we'll be able to catch each other. So that's a fun little rendition that we've added. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, is there anything on the front end that you think that we might be able, we might should mention before we get into the... Uh, the content of the podcast, anything that I might be missing out on, honestly. I don't think you could ever miss out on anything, Ben. Nothing gets past you. Uh, that's not true. Nothing could go over your head. You would catch it. I think it. I've never been dumber. In my life right now, where I'm at, I think I have problem-solving skills, but there's two things that have changed drastically for me over the time of having a baby. I think I'm more tired than I've ever been. I think I'm, just for those reasons, just my mental capacity is... At its lowest point. And uh, the third thing is money to, Money is nothing to me anymore. Money's nothing. Money is nothing. I go and buy diapers and wipes. It doesn't matter what the bill is. It's just put in the credit card, pay that thing off, and hopefully everything's fine. You buy diapers, you buy wipes, you buy microphones and soundboards for podcasts. It's nothing to you. This is actually a treat for me. So, with all that being said, let's, uh, let's transition just a little bit into our auction I'm uh, going to use a little soundboard here um, to bridge the gap between what we're going to be discussing in our next segment. But let me tell you this, and don't forget what I say. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Hey, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, and I'll tell you something else. Let me tell you something before you even start in. Let me tell you something. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something else, and don't you ever forget this. You tell me something I don't know. I'm going to tell you something that you don't know. I'm going to tell you how me and Patrick feel about the auction. Mm. Okay, obviously we've all got some mixed views about that. Uh, but I wanted to get your, yeah, you, give me your take on what the auction draft, uh, how that experience went for you. Yeah, I've got a pretty strong opinion. Um, are you ready for it? Uh, let me hear it, please. I loved it. Okay. I, I loved every second of it. Yeah. I think it's a superior way to draft. Superior. I think Superior to the snake draft. I think it's more inviting to every member of the league because you can literally get any player you want. You just got to pay enough. You literally have the opportunity to get any player you want. Do you think that there is any 
financial wherewithal that some people might be gifted in more than others, and for those reasons, they benefit in an auction draft? Let's say somebody maybe in the finance realm, somebody who deals with numbers on a daily basis. No way. No way that that helps you in any way, because you've got an allotted amount of you money. You budget every single month. Yeah. I know what it looks like to budget my finances and catch every dollar that I spend. Every dollar, huh? Every dollar. Every single dollar. Shout out to Dave Ramsey. Not Dave. sponsored yet. Every dollar app. You need to get it. It's great for your budget. Vacationing in Caterham this week. Did you know that, Dave Ramsey? Um, <laughs> I, I think that you don't have to have any type of financial prowess to do well in an auction draft. You just have to sit down and say, what players do I like? How much am I willing to spend on them? And... Where's the rest of my money going to go? That's all you got to do. If you can literally sit down and do a budget like you're talking about, which anybody can do, that's all you got to do. You now. Like you talked about, and I was a little, I thought I caught one. Oh, no, no, no. That's not feel like, like I discussed yeah. is on pace with what we're, yeah. that's, that's in the. Rhythm. No, I do think the auction draft was so much harder. Yes. It's so difficult. Listen, I don't think it's exhausting. easy. I hmm? feel like I'm exhausted no matter what. Oh, yes. Time. You can't take a break. I would say the auction is not, well, I don't know. I guess, I don't know how to explain this other than every single, every single draft that I've been a part of, I do walk away from it mentally just spent. Mm -hmm. Like, you get to the end of it, and you're done. Yeah. I'm not trying to hang out. I'm actually trying to go home and take a nap. Yeah. And the fact that this takes longer means you're just mentally. It's true. I will say that is a good point, that it is until the end. Yeah. You have to stick around. If you're done picking, I get it, you're out. But it goes until the last person. Whereas on the snake draft in the twelfth round, I think it's crazy. Just the, I don't know. I guess what I'll say in this auction draft is that when the defenses started going in the first couple of nominations, it really threw me off. Hmm. I was not anticipating that. Whereas on a snake draft, it's all twelve round, eleven round, fourteen round is defenses, kickers, and people you don't care about. Yeah, you've got to be able to just, like, move on the fly with an auction draft because you don't know what's coming up next. Do you think there's a better way that we can nominate next year? I think every person could really look into their own strategy of nomination. Yeah, I don't think that as a league we need to decide how you nominate. But each person you should... should have a auctioneer is what I'm getting at. Oh, you mean just the process in general? Yeah. I would love it if we could have an auctioneer. We almost had one this year. I'm thinking Eric Johnson. He was about to cut my balls off. Was he? Can I say that on there? I, I, I don't think he we're being regulated. Me bumping into him every single time that I would go That's true, him. and I bumped him one time, and I was like, man, I hate Ben even more now that I, I bumped him <laughs> like he did. Um, but yeah, I, I do think if we had an auctioneer, that would be the best way to do it. And we almost had one this year, but he was out of town. He was actually in, but he had to be out of town. I love the fact that Andy was thinking about doing it. Yeah. His name is Andy Custer Durenberg. Andy Custer Durenberg. He's a great option. I'd like to think that we might be able to pull some people from the past that are a part of the Fight Club League. Like really? W. Okay. Mark in is only those two. I was about to say, I, I don't know who you're thinking or who you have in mind, like a Bradley Nolan or... Uh, I don't think so. I don't, yeah, he probably would be good at it. He's got, yeah. That would so, break the rule of Fight Club. First rule about Fight Club. What is it? Don't talk about Fight Club. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Excuse me? I just said, uh... Oh, I, oh, dude, it's so hard to catch. It is hard to catch. It's so hard People to catch. People listen whenever you catch them. Yeah, if I catch it, I might just buzz you twice. Hands. I'm ready, okay? 
Yeah. But, yeah, if we had an auctioneer, obviously it's better. I think once Connor took the ra- the reins, yeah, was it was much smoother. But, yeah, I wouldn't want to put that on anyone in the league to have to also manage their team and auction the entire draft. Way too much. So. No, it'd still be nominated from, like, the audience. I mean, to say it. Of course. But, yeah. yeah. Cool. Any other thoughts on the auction that we need to discuss before we dive out of this topic? Well, I, yeah, what were your thoughts? How, how did you think the difficulty was? Um... Did you prefer it to a snake draft? I really do think that we all came up with better teams. And I really wish that we could have maybe done like a mock snake draft to compare it because we'll never know. Mm. With the different players that are in the league right now, maybe the depth of the whole entire league is better. But when I look at the teams and all that, I know that I'm one of the teams with the least depth. But even still, I like my team. And I know that's exactly what fell in line with power ranks with Connor and Evan. Evan probably doesn't feel as strongly as Connor does, being very, very kind and saying that all these teams are good. And again, maybe that's the depth of the league, but honestly, I think it's the auction draft, just making sure that you're filling in the roles that you know you need to fill and, I mean, getting the players that you want. And so all I'd say is that I enjoyed it, loved it. I think that it makes our whole entire league better, and I think that I'm going to crush it next year. So I'm going to crush it next year. I have to be better next year. I'm kind of disappointed with myself this year. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I tried to plan going in, and I, you know, I made my own strategies and all that so stuff. Much, so many plans. But, yeah, once you get in there and you're under the gun, it's it's Actually, different. I want to discuss this. I'm glad you brought it up. Mm-hmm. I had a whole plan that still would have worked, but I got away from it. Mm. Okay, and this is why. I had a plan to get two of the top five RBs for a, around $130. 130 You could have done that. Yeah, and with the rest of that money, $70, you can make yourself a team. Again, the depth Potentially. was long, but I didn't even do that, and my depth was still mm-hmm. scarce. So, all I have to say is that you can get away with an Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey in our draft for under 140 Is that Probably, right? What McCaffrey, sure. I mean, yeah, he went for he a lot. He did not go for 79 Okay. Like he was in sleeper projections. Really? And so this okay. was the thing, is this is what threw me off, is people started going, okay, people started going in the auction draft with defenses and things like that, mm-hmm. which, again, threw me off for strategy, even though it shouldn't have. I'm a simpleton, so, again, it threw me off. And what happened was whenever Patrick Mahomes came up for $34, when his sleeper value was in the high 40s, I simply told myself, the value is too good for me not to get in. Yeah. So I just went and got him. Mm-hmm. And that... That yeah. thirty-four dollar difference between me spending thirty-four in a quarterback or spending an additional sixty-four. Again, I most of my plans I had Alvin Kamara and Zeke going in, and then I was just going to sit out the next couple of rounds and then grab whatever wide receiver I needed. So mm-hmm. it was. We all know that there's value in the wide receiver category late in drafts. Mm-hmm. People like Corey Davis and all that stuff. That's where I wanted to get. But what happened in our draft was because value wasn't as high as it was in RBs. I'm telling you that every single dollar amount for wide receivers in what would have been rounds like five through eight were plus five dollars yeah. on what was on sleeper, at least. Because they're obviously going to balance themselves out over time. Yeah. But most of the projections had all the value on the top 20 players and then the rest of them not, whereas we all had to catch up and bid on players like Corey Davis, who I think went more than, like, 10. 
It was crazy. interesting towards the end to see some players that I thought might end up going for a dollar, two dollars, and people were just like, you know what? I still need another wide receiver, so it's like I'm gonna bid Which up. Which would have been a disaster for me in mm-hmm. hindsight, like if I had yeah. done 130 up front and expected that I could get a Corey Davis for a dollar or two at the end, mm-hmm. and he was going for twelve. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think there's a couple. Yeah, we saw a couple different strategies. Obviously, we saw people like Griffin, for example, like definitely went for the mid tier players and like got a deeper team. You know, he, he more of the mid tier auction right. values. And then, like, I went for more like, I'm going to fill out my starters. I just said like, you can buzz me. Um, oh, my God. And so I went for, I'm going to build out my starting lineup with some studs, and then I'm just going to fill in the gaps later with my bench. Yeah. Um, so I went with, like, this, I don't know what you would call it, studs and duds strategy. Nice. Yeah, studs I don't and duds know. on the spot. I don't know if it was on the spot. I might have heard it somewhere. It's like you do a weekly podcast. I do. It's a pump fake. Um Fake multimedia conglomerate industries incorporated, podcast network. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was great. I think um, you can everyone can come with a different strategy. That's the thing. Like you know, like a snake draft. I know I definitely came with a different team than I would have had in a snake draft for sure. Yeah. But I loved it. I enjoyed it too. Those are our thoughts on the auction draft. Not that you guys really cared, but I think you do care because you listen to this and you're on your way to work or you're sitting at work and you're just filling the time. And you're curious what uh, what your thoughts are and what our thoughts were on the auction draft. So that's our general consensus. If you have differing opinions, we'd love to hear it in the group meet, so feel free to get active in there. It was a pretty unanimous vote. Everybody seemed to love it. Everybody loved it. Yeah. With that concludes our auction segment. Let's go ahead and move into our team names segment. Um, with our team names what I want to kind of discuss on the front end is let's go ahead and let's give a, let's give let's give Kevin a round of applause huh absolutely people in man, quiet right, down so eight and a half alright <laughs> quiet down guys but everybody's giving it up for Kevin because these graphics are just Absolutely. I mean, honestly, it's what this it's what this draft or sorry, what this league needed. I'm being mm-hmm. careful with my words. Mm-hmm. It's what this league needed because custom photos to your team name doesn't that just ring personalized, intentional, focused fantasy football group me? It just seemed like something that we should have already had, and it's just like we just needed it. There was a void there. And Kevin just filled it perfectly. Yes, he absolutely did. Content. With, uh, with some really, really great pictures. So with that, so good. Let's, um, we'll kind of talk about the pictures as we get into it. But the team names, pulling them up here. Let's go ahead and start at the top. Uh, and for the, the top, for me, you should buzz me. Sorry. <laughs> because I, oh, I hate fillers. We're going to get better at this overall. Yeah. Me and you. You and I. Yes. The top for me is my team versus Griffin. The top for you is your team versus Eric. Right. So let's start with team names for you, my friend. For me? Yeah. Let's go ahead and start on your end. Yeah. So I've got one in the works. I have the name picked out. Kevin is... So Cooking with Gaskin is staying. Cooking with Gaskin is not staying. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, it's out of here. I don't have Gaskin. I don't have Cook anymore. This was because I had Dalvin Cook and Miles Gaskin last year. Cooking with Gaskin. Neither one is on my roster, so that name's got to go. There are uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> there are memories. Yes. In 2018 of someone who also was cooking. Till Brown. Yeah, cooked Till Brown, yeah. What was it? It was uh, Antonio cooked Till Brown or something? No, it was worse than that. It was Mixon cooked Till Brown? Or yes, Mixon in Graham. Cook Till Brown, which... That was my team name in yep. 2018 that did take home the trophy, but it was quite the stretch for the name. A stretch, to say the least. <laughs> it was and a snap a, a stroke in the middle of typing, <laughs> to say the most. Yeah, so... Poorly conceived. Cooking with Gaskin, I like you using cooking, but it's not saying is what you're saying, and there's also it's a graphic right. to come along it's with It's a graphic that Kevin is working tirelessly. No? no? I don't want to... I would like to reveal everything all at once. the blinders here? No, we're not going to peek any blinders. Peaky blinders. I love that show. Have you watched the show? Mm-mm. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, Kevin's working tirelessly behind the scenes on my graphic, sure. um, and I've got the name ready to roll out as soon as that is ready. And, oh man, I'm excited. Yeah. And so the next one is Waller, Texas Ranger. Yeah. Eric J. Um, I'm surprised that he doesn't have a graphic to go along with that. Very easy to get something like that. Easy. For a guy Honestly, like Kevin, what easy. this is is just a lazy effort on Eric Johnson not reaching out to Kevin. Honestly, because you know Kevin's responsive and you know he's going to deliver he got the goods. Me mine in less than two hours. <laughs> mine is very simple. Yeah, I'll give him that. Sure, but he's responsive. This is his niche. He's nailed it. He's crushing it. Mm-hmm. He's knocking it out of the park. Yeah, and. Eric Johnson has failed to reach out. Eric's got to reach out. We hope to hear from Eric Johnson in the coming weeks before at least we get to kick off. God, at least before we get to kick off. Yes, please. But hopefully he's got a personalized picture for his team name, which I do like. Waller, Texas Ranger, again, Roundhouse kick the face. Great. you out. Very, very exciting. Love it. Big year for Eric Johnson. We might get into this later. Really trying to prove a lot of the haters wrong, being the lowest winning percentage in the league. Also, just not having any vocalization behind anything to resist the truth that he has been very, very bad. True. I haven't heard anything from him saying that he's not going to be bad. If anything, I hear him leaning into the fact, hey, I'm going to suck. That's just fantasy football for me, which is not true. He was a very, very predominant leader mm-hmm. in the Tier 1 right. league, and yeah. he's a well-known manager amongst us, but in the recent years and what statistics would say is he's fallen off, he's not focused as much on his craft in fantasy football as he used to be. And and he's had some bad luck. Uh, and, and it shows. I don't know if it's bad luck, but it shows that he sucks. And so once he turns that around, I'm looking for a good year for him to hopefully finish in the mid, you know, He's not going to make a playoff appearance, but in the eight, seven, nine range, respectable. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's what I want to see from him. Yeah, he has every reason to have a chip on his shoulder, mm-hmm. something to prove to this to this league. And I believe he's got it in him. I do. I picked him to win the championship last year. You did. How'd that work out? Little did I know that he was winning the poop championship. So. Yeah, yeah, he just had a little bit off. Okay, go through the next force. We've got Tucker Barely Knower, which this is a rare um, last season to this season, but could still work because he has Tucker on the team. He does have Tucker on the does team. does have Tucker on the team. You know. So he has it, but I think there is endless opportunity for his logo if he does stick with this. I mean, it could be inappropriate. <laughs> could be inappropriate. You're very right. Yeah, but I think I, he needs to change the skull helmet. 
Yeah, the skull helmet, I, I, I think all of the generic, now that we know the possibilities behind the logo, awesome. all of the generic ones got to go, in my opinion. What if we had a team name, Team Johnson, or Team Shackler? <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> first one's Scarlet, could you? Imagine. Unreal. Yeah. So I think Tucker barely know where. It's fine. The team name's fine because it still works. But, I honestly love the team name. Yeah. Poker, barely know her. Mm-hmm. Oh, it works with endless amounts of er words. Give me another one. Um, you know, you ever been to England? Hello, bangers and mash? Banger? Barely know her. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. That'll be the end of that one. Taser? Yeah, it works with a lot of stuff. Honestly, it just reminds me of the movie Dodgeball. Taser, laser, laser. I mean, all of those, you barely know any of them, you know? (laughs) Barely know any of them. So, Tucker, great name. Hopefully we'll get a... uh... A logo update. Yeah, you did the... uh... Um, Then we got Beazle's vaccine. Very timely. Uh, Did I... uh? I thought I was saying you said, um, really? Okay, I believe you. Beasel's vaccine. Very, very timely. Um, obviously, Beasel's. Why is that timely? You want me to explain it to you? (laughs) Do you not know? Really? What is the vaccine going around? What is the. So, in 2020. (laughs) (laughs) We get into talking about this kid. For yeah. 45 minutes. Yeah, so Cole Beasley's on the squad. Um, obviously, he's a, a vocal he's non-vaxxer. Why is he on the squad? I think just for the team name, probably. No, I think he actually, you know, he has some half PPR value. I really do. Gotta get those targets. Okay, so he's got him on the squad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna get better. We're gonna get better. Um, so, yeah, he's so got... He's on the squad, changed his name. There's plenty, I will say, his... Generic photo does kind of fit. Yeah, it's got the the bloody grain pouring out of the helmet. Sure, explain how it fits. Well, the measles are uh, it's a very deadly disease that actually attacks the brain. Ah, of course. Yeah, turns it into uh, a mush. Ah, yes. And um... <clears throat> thank you for that explanation. Um, we got next. We've got the Mahomes. I'm gonna stop you when I say um and us. <laughs> we've got the Mahomes Depot. Um, Honestly, Ben, I just gotta tell you, very proud of the team name. I've we we've been on a long journey with team names with you. We've we've already spoken about the mix and Ingram, Cocktail Brown, and something before that. You even before I was even in the league with you, you had a terrible team name. I'm pretty sure. Um, you told me about it. The slander. The yeah. Slander well, it's just you have a horrible track record with team names. Let's just put it out I there. I know what it was. Say it. It had to do with Andrew Luck. And it had to do with some tight end that was very, very old. Shocking. Oh, yeah. Jeremy Shockey. It was so lucky. I'm, it's Jeremy Shocking or something. Yeah, yeah. So really terrible stuff. I will say those are generic. Those are homemade. There is no cheating off of Google. True. Whereas these are cheated. I, I, the, home, the Mahomes Depot is cheated? Yes, yes. Okay, I've lost all respect I had previously. But the logo... Solid. Solid. No, I do like the name. I like the Mahomes Depot. I think it's great. I think the the logo is great. Were you the first to get the logo? I don't remember. It was very, 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 very easy. I want to say that he did his own Dak in the Box. Ah, yes. And that's what essentially spurred on for the rest of the league to hop on that track. Yeah, and then he just he said, I'll, I'll do it, guys. Yeah, so that's, that's Mahomes uh, Depot. Again, 
he even messaged me personally when we were on the phone with each other mm-hmm. and said, I can do better. Do you want me to redo it? I said, Oh, what's wrong I said, with Kevin, it? Kevin, it's fine. Ooh. You did the only thing that matters. It's orange. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> orange and white. And he said that that's, I said that's fine. So, yeah. with that, let's go on to uh, La Marvel Cinematic Universe with D'Challa, a.k.a. Lamar Jackson at the head of this team. Gosh, it's so good. It's a very, very... I mean, this one takes the cake as far as it is the best yes. picture. Absolutely. Maybe besides Back in the Box. Oh, and true. I love the cast behind it. I love the showing concept. the Mike Evans, yes. showing these guys on this team. I, mm-hmm. The effort from Kevin is unmatched. Absolutely. And that it just ties it in perfectly because you could you could probably make the argument the Marvel Cinematic Universe could be a reach outside of the logo and putting it all together with the team being part of that universe. Wow, I didn't really I, I didn't think that far into it. Mm-hmm. But the logo ties it all together. It's still a great name, but the logo, wow, really puts the cherry on top of that one. Tell me the connection between Lamar Jackson and T'Challa. I do not know. Yeah, just. I would not like to pontificate upon what what I believe would be. I would agree with that. Let's move on. Yep. <laughs> Loyal servant of Arthur. This is great. I want to start. I want to stop you. I would love to stop. <laughs> Please stop me. Because Loyal servant of Arthur is referencing a game. Do you know what that game is? I do not. It is referencing a game like Coup. Like Q? Okay. K-O-U-P. Oh, are you talking about? It's not resistance. It's no, very close. It is. It's uh, the exact same thing, honestly. Yes, it's. Kickers. I've played it. It is the Arthur version of resistance, basically. Yes, thank you. Yeah. King Arthur. That's what it is. And so. What's it I called? Don't, I don't know. Okay. Honestly, is I've it played. No, no, no. It. Keep going. Keep talking about it. Anyways. Love that he's referencing that because it gives us the opportunity, hopefully in the future, to all play a game of resistance, which would be absolutely amazing. Because this league is about one thing and one thing only. Mm-hmm. Embarrassing the other people a part of it. Let me pause it. Avalon. Thank you. Yes. Go ahead. Embarrassing the other leagues in this. Embarrassing the other members of this league. Absolutely. My whole entire goal when I'm playing this, doing this podcast, and going into week one through week in. Mm-hmm is to simply enforce the fact that I am a better manager, thinker, constructive decision maker than anybody else in this league. Mm -hmm. That's what that trophy represents. It's what... You're leaning. It's what this... He's pulling out of the bag. That I bought. He's got a ring that he bought. He's going to get it out now. He's reaching in the bag. It's what this... It's a very large ring. ...represents is that my decision-making skills in the year 2018 versus all other 11 members pale in comparison to my own. That is what you would like to do, yes. That is what the, the story you would like to tell. Yeah, sure. Right. So, that being said, that's exactly what Avalon is trying to do. That's exactly what Resistance is trying to do. Mm-hmm. They're trying to put you guys in a room where you can ultimately humiliate whoever it is that you are... With. Absolutely. Same thing with um, Coup. Yep. Same thing with Coup and the game on the phone that we all played together. Among us. Among us. Yes. Yes. You're trying to enforce your will and show everybody else that you're smarter, better, and superior to them in every way. Yes. That's what it's all about. So I love the name. 
Now, does Little Serpent of Arthur actually be represented by the Saints logo? Actually, it might. Honestly, I don't think there's another team logo that would represent it better. Yeah, I've been trying to figure this one out. I don't... <laughs> I don't he's a Saints fan, apparently. Yeah, obviously he's a Saints fan. Um, and, yeah, so I didn't understand this team name. I do get the Avalon reference. Um, he could definitely do a logo with it if he didn't want to do anything with his players. Do you think that a team name has to have his players involved? I don't... I mean, we've ranked this in the past. We've talked endlessly on team names in the past. He's got people like McCaffrey. Sure. He's got, got a lot Brady. to work with. Got Brady. Yeah. I mean, he could. I don't think he has to, especially if he enforces or he also puts a logo along with his name and somehow ties it in. I think that. Let's hope before kickoff we get a better name. Top tier names have the players in them with a logo. That's that's 100%. what we know these days. And the reason why, just to get into that, mm-hmm. is it's kind of like if I'm going to freestyle rap. It's one thing for me to be able to just rap about something I'm comfortable. It's another thing... Something you've pre-prepared. Right. It's possible. I mean, not that that would be bad. Sure. But me going off of what my auction draft has given me... Mm. Harder. A lot harder. A lot harder. So, So, yeah. I mean, if he wants to update that name and uh, pick something out of the auction draft pool of his team and then allow Kevin to do his magic... I'd love to see it. A little servant of Kevin. I like it. Now, can you explain to me this next team name? Sure. Swiftly Etienne Lamb. A great name. Love it. Uh, not working. I I think I'm a... I feel dumb because I don't think I understand it. I'm swiftly eating lamb. Is that what he's saying? Yes. 100%. So you get it because you're more of like the Cooktail oh, Brown type it. guy. And so you understand these the eating swiftly, swiftly eating ETN. lamb. That's yeah. what, is that swiftly what he's saying? Lamb. Okay, if if that's not what you're saying, Cook, How do you say let us know. Lamb? I don't ever say eating lamb. You don't eat lamb. I have not. I may have eaten lamb once. Have you ever swiftly eaten lamb? Not swiftly. Say swiftly eating lamb. Swift. I'm swiftly eating lamb. The problem here is that Etienne is no longer on his team. True, because Etienne is no longer playing football this the year. The problem here is that swiftly. Really, honestly, he's not going to be great this season. He's not going to stay on his team. <laughs> you don't think so? Maybe I might be wrong about that. Lamb, great addition. The problem, doesn't have him on his team. Not kidding. Yeah. He's got COVID. He's, he's got, got COVID. He's on the COVID IR. He's on the COVID. What is COVID again? COVID. So back in 2020. <laughs> I think it's a great team name. I know that you don't get it, but again, for the superior minds, a part of this group. Obviously, this name hits right in the wheelhouse for me. Is there some phrase that I'm swiftly eating lamb that I'm missing from a movie or a show or? No, it has no cultural reference. Okay. it's just a great sentence. It's just a sentence. I'm just Created so we've by... cooked. We've cooked till brown the lamb. Now we're swiftly eating it, and it's Jeremy shocking how swiftly we're eating this lamb. I get it now. Okay, so perfect team name. Let's just add something to the logo. Get Edie in out of there. In that logo, please. Chubby Chasers. Let's get you some great ones here. Okay. All right. Chubby Chasers, yes. We've got the... I like the name. The name's fine. Whenever you are dealing with somebody with the name Nick Chubb, it's hard to not use him as your team name. With that being said, I'm not really sure what the image is. Dang it. I'm sorry. I I just wanted to say I wish he had, like, Chase Edmonds on his team. 
or Jamar Chase. You tell me why. Because it's Chasers. Oh. I would have that would just like knocked it out of the park for me. Yeah, but anyway. Higgins. Higgins. Yeah, so he has the better receiver at, <laughs> in Cincinnati, so that's great. He made the right managerial decision. He didn't make the right team name decision. Yeah. Yeah. So with a guy like Chevy Chasers, tell me a little bit about this image. I yeah, I love it. I, I don't. Can you tell me what it is. It looks like it looks like Nick Chubb in as Batman. A, as Batman. Um, yep. And did Kevin do this one? Kevin. I don't think. I think this is just a. This is just something he found. Google that he found. I could be wrong, Kevin. If I'm wrong, obviously. Kevin, let us know. Yeah, I don't think it was. I didn't think it was Kevin either. Um... I don't know. I mean, it's it's Nick Chubb as Batman. <laughs> I love it. Okay. it. That's what it is. We move on. We're on the next. Five points of Darwinism. Oh. Love it. Not a very religious person, personally. <laughs> 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 uh, kidding, I love the Lord. It's great. Five points of Darwinism. And are you a Calvinist, or are you more of an Armenian? Calvinism, and... <laughs> With this, I love it because you are doing one of the primary things that you want to do in your team name. You want to highlight the player that's going to kill you. That is Dalvin Cook. Absolutely. For anybody going up against Isaac. So five points of Dalvinism. Now with that, I can't see in the team name if the five points are listed and what those may be. But He put it in the group me just to get a better view. Appreciation. Um, but he did put that as nicknames of his players. The five points. Really? Yes. Okay. So, Josh Allen is total depravity. Dalvin <laughs> Cook is unconditional oh, election. Right. Yes. Right. Right. And Miles Sanders is perseverance of saints. And uh, A.J. Brown is justification by faith. And Adam Thielen is irresistible grace. Well, let's go ahead and break down each one of these. Total depravity. Let's get yeah, Let's get in. Let's, let's dig in. <laughs> let's get into unconditional election. Oh. Love that. Oh, yeah. Okay. That is a great name, followed by a great effort of honestly what I believe to be truly a waste of sleepers' effort and nicknames for players. Really don't understand why they do that. I also have gotten actually very, very low on mascots. Me too. Couldn't care less. I actually marked for them not to be shown. So I remember that me and you were big into the nicknames first and the mascots when they first came out, whenever we first got on Sleeper. Right. Um, This is just a side. But... Yeah, the team the team nicknames. I really don't we, understand why they're there. We really we really tried to dive in deep and and put some stuff some effort into that, but it just doesn't it doesn't play in any way week to week. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. But yes, this is a great use this of is it. A great example, yeah. Yes. But yeah, um, and the logo was great, and you know I have a love for Dalvin Cook because I wrote him to the playoffs last year after my trade. So you know I love Dalvin Cook. So seeing Dalvinism because he is literally. He is literally election. He's divine election. You went all as long in as he's on the field. Him last year and he rewarded you. I what? You went all in to get him last year and he rewarded you. Honestly, I, I mean, you yeah. Consider it a steal. I, th- I think looking back on it now, for sure, it was a steal because I traded Alexander Madison. Hindsight twenty twenty, but yeah, yeah, and and Alexander Madison ended up being a dud, and Dalvin Cook came back. End up getting him in the playoffs, also. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, he was. Yeah, he was already. Looking good for the playoffs. I want to say actually that he was runner up. Was he? I want to say so. I, I don't recall. Cook was runner up in 2019. He was runner up in 2020. And I can tell you by looking at my 
Spreadsheet here. Yeah, look at it real quick to confirm that because I don't recall. Because I did I pick that? Did I pick that championship completely? I know I picked Connor to win, but did I have Tiz in the championship too? We're gonna have to look at that because because I'm gonna have to give myself some credit. Some credit on that. All right, next we have Watson Watson Deontay's Johnson, which Luke threw out there before we even drafted. If you remember, yeah. I know that he is a Houston Texans fan, so he is following Watson. Obviously, Watson is not on his team, but the image has yep. Deshaun Watson's jersey, at least. Yep, and is that Bill Cosby under there? That's Bill Cosby under there. I love that. <laughs> that's fantastic. Deontay being on there, and then Johnson. I mean, yeah, that's perfect. That's so. the thing. So I wanted to ask you, because... I'm like 99% sure he had this name picked out before the auction draft. That's fantastic. So, Should we have all run into that? Should we have been? Do you think that he went all out to get Deontay Johnson at the auction? Do you I think he was going to pay up no matter what it went to? I think there's a point where he wouldn't have, but do you think he was like, I'm targeting this guy just so my team name <laughs> stays true? I think true. he's a good wide receiver. I think that Luke Stoltz is a great drafter and fantasy football mind to have in the group. So for those reasons, I think that those things mesh enough. Mm-hmm. Where he was going to have Deontay Johnson listed. Yeah. I do know who Deontay Johnson is now. Oh, I'm glad that you figured it out. I finally figured it out. It's only took me two years. Yep. Yep. Okay. Could you tell me a little bit more about the Bill Cosby situation? I'm unsure. Okay. Um, but I, I think it makes a lot of sense based on the allegations against Deshaun Watson that Bill Cosby would be ah, under there as well. Very good. Very yes. good. I like the comparison because I know it's sexual in nature. It's sexual in nature. And also, so and also, Deontay's Johnson is sexual in nature. What's on Deontay Johnson? Okay. Good. No one could answer that for you. Let's go ahead and include this name, uh, this team name talk with Madaka Nabax. Madaka Nabax? Sorry. Madaka Nabax? Madaka Nabax? Madaka Nabax? Hold that box out when you sing it. There it is. This was started at all, right? It is. And it's fantastic. Great. I loved it. Lonely Island? Kevin is... Lonely Island? Yes. Lonely Island? Yeah. And JT. Kevin is also actually looking in further uh, to the the Lonely Island as they do have a... Documentary series that is out. Okay. He's done some thorough research and is looking into it. I'm going to tell you what that is now. Okay. It is called... Bash Brothers. Okay. Bash Brothers. And this is what it looks like. A Lonely Island Presents the Unauthorized Bash Brothers. And that's what it looks like. It's on Netflix. Oh, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Great. So with that being said, I think a little bit of motivation came from there. It's sure. a great picture and a great team name. Let's confirm that he does have Dak on his team. He does. And Kev has always been a great team name. Er. Is that true? Hardly know that? Yeah, because last, don't you remember it was, um, oh gosh, what was it? Clear Eyes Full Chubs Can't Lose. Oh my gosh, perfect name. Yeah, that was gosh, Kevin, right? That's a great name. Yeah. That's a great name. I'm like 99% sure that was Kevin, too. Yes, I think he's yes, always was, been was. a good, a great team namer. And now he's 
a pro gamer, and now he's a logo creator. And Ready for someone now? I mean, the auction came to me. I'm freestyling with my team name. Yeah, so uh, this is the one that started it all. My Dak in the Box got the great logo. Then he offered up his services to the rest of the league. I mean... Thank you for being selfless. Thank you for doing this for our league. Our league needed it. Content creates culture. We were poor and needy, and we were shaking our cups saying, Could I, could I have some more? Please, sir. Sir, can I have some? Please, sir. Can I have some more, sir? Sir, please, can I have some more? Yeah, we were mice, and we were waiting for somebody to come around with some cheese. <laughs> Oh, that's so great. Appreciate you, Kevin. Love you, buddy. So good. All right. That concludes our team name review. Um, I'll be getting mine and changed soon, and there's a couple others as well that need to change theirs as well before kickoff. Yes. Looking forward to the graphics and the team names to change in the coming weeks. Try to beat it before kickoff, Mm -hmm. or we will slander you. Yeah. With that, let's go ahead and get into our next segment that you guys all love. In this session, let us try to understand what is big data. The next big question that comes to our mind is how huge this data needs to be in order to be classified as big data. Yeah, we're going to get into some big data here. Big data. And I think that what I worked effortlessly on... No, that's not true. Effortlessly? I worked effortfully. You worked effortfully. I worked very, very hard on this. And all that it really stemmed out of was one thing that I do want to talk about. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Matchups, I thought were very interesting, but primarily the very first thing, and I talked to Connor a little bit about this as another big data guy. Yep. Sleeper predictions. Move on. Sleeper predictions. Sure. I was worried. Because when we go into this, me and you, tell me what you think about sleeper predictions. I think they're, they're crap. They, they change like the yes. wind. Right? Yes. They suck. Absolutely. Love it. It'll be five seconds after kickoff, and I'm already 80% to lose. I am completely in agreement with you. And in the year of 2019, I would have agreed with you upright. Mm-hmm. 51% of the time, they were right. Okay, I'd rather flip a coin then. Exactly. Love that. So for it to be 50%, I think that is... You can ignore it. Absolutely. Great. I agree with you 110%. Let's go to year 2020. This is where things start to take a change. Because of COVID. Sure, because of COVID. What is COVID? No. 68.48%. That is noticeable and irrelevant. Okay. Almost 70% of the time, if I'm projected to win, I win. Okay. You don't think that's relevant? This is why I went into the data, because I thought it was going to be a landslide in the negative category. I thought they were going to be wrong. Not only 50% of the time, I thought they were going to be wrong the majority of the time. I guess I'm thinking the longer you have stats, right, the the less variance matters. This is perfect. Yes. So Chase this down with me. So if you combine that with the previous stats we have, then it becomes somewhere around 60%. I'll tell you exactly what it is. Totals read that it is at 60 almost on the nose. Yep. So that doesn't matter to me. That's 10% over the 
average if you're to flip a coin. That's just 10% better. So I think the longer we have Streeple predictions, the less variance occurs. In a, in a very short span of time, somebody can be 100% accurate on predictions. But over the course of 10 seasons, it's going to be really hard. Okay, so then that brings my question. You're kind of bolstering my point, but also arguing it. And it's that with more data, mm-hmm. I do think this number will continue to increase. You think it'll be better? I do. I think that from 2019... But will it be enough to be relevant? Because I don't think 60% is enough to be relevant to me. What do you think enough to be relevant? 75%? I would think fourth of the time if I am projected even this is a small market. This is not going into details as to what the percentages are. This is just I'm favored one point over you, so I've got the nudge. How often will you write? If it rests at seventy percent, I think that's pretty good. Okay. So with that being said, I think personally that sleeper has an algorithm. They've got numbers. They're doing all their stuff. They've had maybe four years under their belt, maybe more than that, but we've only been in it since 2019. Mm-hmm. And I'm reporting these numbers as of that. And to see a jump from 2019 to be almost 50% to almost 70%, I mean... That's a rosy view of it, for sure. It is. But I just think that if I was in their position, whatever algorithm I'm using, mm-hmm. which I did think that they had a trash algorithm back in 2019, and mm-hmm. I still thought they had a trash algorithm in 2020. But... The more data you have, I'd like to think that they're going to continue to straighten this out. Sure. Okay. I mean, time will tell. So for this season, I would say a good estimate for them. Again, we're breaking it right at 60-40 here. For people who listen to this podcast, if you want to count that off, that's fine. Because you're right. It's only 10% over the 50%. But if we get to a point in the 2021 season that we're reflecting at a 75%, then I really, really, really think it's not a cause for concern, but I think that it it means something. Mm -hmm. Whereas currently still, in my mind, that green bar and red bar that sit out in front doesn't matter to me. Yeah. That's right, Matt. I mean, yeah, if if they somehow come to arrest it, seven out of ten times they're right, then I'll I'll become more impressed. Well, we'll keep our eye out for that. That was really where all of this big data started for me. Mm-hmm. Really, that's all that I wanted to see. And I think, was wow. it Cook that did that one year? Was like, I'm going to test sleepers' projections against the actual... I, I think Cook honest. did that. Because if you did this, I'm sorry that I sat on your stats. Yeah, I think Cook, over the course of a year, was like, let's check sleepers' proje- projections against I real life. really smart, and I'm glad that I have it at least documented at this point. Mm-hmm. The only other thing that I want to discuss with you... How did you go back and find that? Is it in? Is it in the app? Like you can look back on last year and it shows you what yes, the pro- you projection can. was. You can. That's crazy. Okay. And it was a lot of hard work. I hand typed in every single. Effortlessly. Effortfully. <laughs> I put in every single one of those things. I worked very, very hard. You guys wow. don't really care about how hard I worked on it, but I had to go in and at one point, the sleeper projections were corrected automatically to be what the totals were. Hmm. So if Zeke was projected for 21, but finished with 30, the sleeper projections for the weeks, this is in 2020, this season 2020, the weeks three through eight, for whatever reason, were the end number matched the projection. Okay. So with that being said, I wasn't able to simply look at a number and say who was valued before the game started. 
and mm-hmm. who won. Mm-hmm. I had to go in and calculate all the projections for every player that was player still by set player? up and see what the spread was and give the nudge to somebody else and then see oh if they were right. Gosh. So that was a rough little like five game stretch where I just had to literally go through every single matchup of every single week wow. and do the math. Sheesh. <laughs> oh, the things I do for this league, stupid. Um, Big data. I said, um, yeah, I bless you. I bless you. I wanted to go into the matchups head-to-head. We don't have to spend too much more time on this, but I did want to see if anything stuck out to you. I have not been able to beat, in the history of this league, I have not been able to beat Alex Cook. Mm. I have not been able to beat Kevin. And I still have yet to beat Davis Barrier or Sir Lewis Dolls. Wow, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> but now, for me to not have a win against Kevin or Alex Cook does stand out to me. For you, my friend, mm-hmm. it looks like you are winless against Alex Cook as well. He seems to wow. have Cook's number. got our number. 0 and 4. Wow. You guys have met in the playoffs one more time than I have. Yeah. I you also, that. Tiz has your number, 0 and 3. Wow. Oh, yeah. Connor has your number, 0 and 1. Tiz seems to bring up some bad memories. Do you remember? Yeah, no, I remember. I wanted to trade Alexander Madison for Cook last year and then That's beat right. him that week, and That's I right. just came short. That's right. Yeah. I remember that. And you are winless against Isaac, Connor as well. 0 and 2, 0 and 1, 0 and 3, 0 and 4. Wow, really? Now, you do have. Well, I mean, I didn't get a lot of wins last year. It was points that got me in the playoffs. That's right. I lost to a lot of people last year. Great point, great perspective. Again, you're in the playoffs, so mm-hmm. you're fine. But is anything, do you like, is there any, I guess, does that stick out to you at all, or are you just, it's a fun stat? Do you look to get revenge this season at all, or anything like that? I think it's great to know as we go across um, our, our seasons and we start to form some real rivalries, which I'm seeing some poke their head up. Um, like groundhogs? Like groundhogs, like prairie dogs. You gotta shoot those things. That, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And you don't want to miss that we don't have to shoot that many times. You want it to, like a you single shot. Kill, you don't want to kill groundhogs. Unless it's Caddyshack, and then they're in your golf course, you gotta get them out of there. But yeah, I think over the course of years, it's gonna be great to see as some rivalries do approach, yeah. new challenger approaching. New challenger approaching. Do you have that on the board? New challenger approaching. That's not like the devil. Um, <laughs> I think it'll be great to see these over the course of time, how many times that this rivalry's actually happened because people call, like, UK Louisville a rivalry, and it's just not because yeah. UK just spanks the crap out of them every year, right, in basketball. So the one that does stick out to me that I actually value a whole lot is I do think that Evan versus Eric J is a long-time rivalry over the course, not only of the Fight Club League, sure. but many, many leagues before this. As essentially Tier 1 was a high school league, that stemmed off of their original fantasy football league that all of us saw and appreciated because of power rankings and content mm-hmm. that was provided for all those back in the past. Mm-hmm. But to be able to look into those numbers and to see over the course of the last two seasons that Eric, Evan S. is smacking Eric 4-1. Yeah. Sure, and I mean, to be fair, Eric's been smacked around a lot. 
Uh, how many how many players does he have a winning record? He does against? have the lowest percentage winning record, twenty six point seven. Again, I look for that to increase. I believe in Eric for Johnson. Sure. It's a big statement year for him. I'm not far behind him at thirty six point seven. So yeah, a lot of work for both of us. I mean, I, yeah, and I didn't get a lot of wins this last year either. So we're on the same boat there. But yeah, so it'll be interesting this year if Eric can make a big comeback, maybe close that gap a little bit. I don't know. Is he's not in the division with Evan? Is he? That's a great question. He's not. He's in my division. So, I don't know if they even play each other this year. They might play each other once or something. I'll actually tell you when they do play each other because I've got it pulled up right here. Let me tell you. I will, I will say, it seems Evan S. has small rivalries with a lot of people in the league. So I'm actually not going to tell you because for whatever reason I'm not going to Don't tell me. But Evan S. has a big rivalry with you, I it seems. It. I can do it now. Okay, you can do it. Go ahead. I appreciate you being patient with me, but uh, don't you worry your... I mean, I'm just going to buzz you because all the dead space that you're Sorry. providing. <laughs> appreciate that. Week five. Week five, we've got an Evan S. Eric J. matchup. Perfect. So it'll all be decided then. At least for this season. The years of rivalry we decided then. I definitely do have a rivalry with Evan S. Uh, it is not a... It is not... Uh, it's personal, Anthony. It seems personal. It is. And he does have the winning record of winning it with 2-0. No, I have it over him. I apologize. Oh. Yeah, no, I smack him around. Usually. Oh, you smack Evan around. Yeah, whenever we play, usually it's, again, because fantasy is a battle of wits... Sure. Majors, wrists, measures. I'm a superior huh. manager to him, obviously. Got it. That's why he has not been able to beat me because he's never been a superior mind to me. Ah. So for those reasons, I'm able to utilize my tools in a, you know, a medium so that a medium like fantasy football and just dominate him. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for breaking that down for us. Yeah. Because um, as a superior manager, I have to let him know that. He has, he's never beaten me. He's never beaten me in this game. He's never beaten you in this league, right? How can I expect him? Do you play him this year? Can you give us that? Or do you have to click through a thousand files on your phone to figure it out? Turn sideways? Yeah. Not fill us with any dead space or anything? Because like I think that? this is pretty important. Because if you guys are facing each other this year and he's got a two and a lead on you. We definitely play each other this year. I know that I saw it. And I've been looking for it, salivating over it. Because you're not in the same division, you're you're the tickler, and he's more of an affirmer. Week eleven, meet me there. Week eleven, he's going to see you right before we get back into division play. Okay, man, I hope that decides something for you guys. Oh well, I mean, if anything, I mean, he might have one victory in the midst of the three that we've had again, a lower percentage than me. Again, I'm superior to him, honestly, in every way possible. But well, yeah, I guess he's got a chance to start leveling the score over time. Sure. Sure. And then maybe you meet each other in the toilet bowl at the end of the year or something. So, off of this big data, what else can we learn? Is there anything else we need to take a dive There's into? There's not all that we can pull away, but while we're on the topic of big data, I do want to discuss the stats and statistics that everybody has presented to the league. Oh, yes. There's been because some great. It is good. I do appreciate all the content. All of it does have me. Excuse me. Wow. All of it does have me. In the 12, 11, 10 position ranking. And I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. I wish that we had some of the previous information that Connor has given us on 
how to make the playoffs and all that different stuff so that we could recall that and say that that's really, really wrong or say that it's absolutely dead on. Mm-hmm. Again, referencing statistics, just like Sleeper, if you're going to put them out there, let's at least reference them and check their accuracy. So as we've got this, hopefully we're taking some screenshots, hopefully we're looking more into it to make sure that on the back end when we conclude the season, is there an ability to do these? Yeah. That's really what I want to hone in on, though, is because in every single person's ranking, I'm in the bottom. That's yeah. fine. But who is You and Evan both are. Yeah, me and Evan both are. And Eric Johnson are. We're, we're dancing, the three of us down there. But how much of that is taken into consideration? I mean, at any point, Mahomes and Kelsey can go win me a game. Mm-hmm. What if they take two of those? Now, instead of me being in the 11th position ranking, I'm sitting there at seven. But what really decides it is you can't win the league at the draft, right? So over the course of the year, each manager makes decisions, makes trades, makes waiver pickups. Sure. That's what decides a good manager over the course of time. So what those rankings right now with your current roster can't do is say what's this manager going to do over the course of the season. Yes. So that's where you can look back and say, they put me at the bottom because of how I drafted, but over the course of the year, I you know won the league or did this or I made the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. And that's where the great managers sort separate the themselves. That's where, they that's where the champions That's where the champions live. I mean, that's why you've got a ring sitting there, right? It's not because of kickers. It's not because a kicker got you there by two points. It's because you were a great manager or something. Uh, superior to everybody in the league that year, for sure, if that's right. what you're referencing. Yeah, exactly. And just a reminder, kickers need to leave because that's why Ben has a championship. So I'm glad we got into that. That brought up a lot of good memories for me. Let's move on. Let's uh, Yeah, let's go ahead and dive into some trades. Trades. I want to see if... Trades. Let's see. Again, I don't know. I guess I want to ask your opinion here. Okay. If there is a trade that is thrown out there, do you find that as public news? Do you find that as private news? Is me sharing trades that I've been a part of something that would insult you or might insult some of the other parties involved? Talk trade talks in general. Yeah. Just like if somebody comes to you, offers you a trade. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's all about as an organization, right, how you want to be viewed. Because if somebody comes to you with what you see is an unfair trade and then you just decline it and then you roast them in front of the entire league, perhaps as an organization they're not going to come to you anymore with trades. Or perhaps they correct their course and they offer more fair trades. Yeah. So I think it's an individual decision. I don't think I think if you're having trade talks, you can decide whether you want to disperse that information to the group or not. I'm going to put it out there because I feel like both of these players are not shy about their trades. If anything, they actually back it up just with the way that they talk. So I'm going to put mine out there as scenarios just for the league to kind of speculate about and to also maybe take part of as far as value is concerned for the rest of the league to jump in here and see if they can get some notable players. Mm-hmm. With that being said, before we get into it, I do want to discuss with you, how do you prefer to receive a trade offer? Yeah. So I did this out in a poll. I didn't get a whole lot of response. Honestly, everybody's so eager to make trades. They just said, send me trades and I'll doesn't matter. So I, I responded in the group me, and I did vote. So I'm good with either a sleeper DM or text, but what I like to see typically is someone, if they have a trade in mind, send me a trade and then send me a message with your reasoning behind it or your thoughts behind it um, just to start get the ball rolling. So that's, that's my preferred. If somebody has an ideal trade, send it to me. 
send me a message saying, "Hey, I sent you a trade. Get the ball rolling." That's all. That's all. I. I don't. You. You don't even have to give me the reasoning. I guess at that point, you can just say, "Hey, I sent you a trade. Let's talk about it." Yeah, I've actually seen a, a bunch of this. Tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. Seen a bunch of this screenshots of the yeah. offer. It's not been sent to me. Oh yeah, yeah. But screenshots of the offer. Yeah. I think that's fair. You think so? The the notable point that I want to make is that I really do appreciate, honestly, any way that it's sent. But I don't feel like if, if I guess what I'll say is that I am surprised typically whenever somebody just sends it across because yeah. to me there's a discussion, there's a selling mm-hmm. of one individual over somebody else's. There's a feeling out process of mm-hmm. how you think about a player. That might, for example, Michael Thomas, some people might be high on him, some people might be low. So the idea that somebody might just throw one out there without really knowing whether or not I'm high or low on Michael Thomas, that, I mean, then their whole decision-making could help get more value out of the trade. Mm-hmm. So all I have to say is that communication is key for me. Yeah. And that's, I'm just one person. But what I'll say is that I really do like the sleeper DM. Mm-hmm. Okay. If your sleeper notifications aren't on, you might need to reconsider being a part of this fantasy football league. You gotta have them on. Have them on. And what I've liked, and the reason why I like that, is because Eric Johnson sent me a trade. Mm-hmm. He's DM me in sleeper. And I have reference now back to years of history with him in that. Mm-hmm. There's dialogue broken down of our conversations and our dealings from however many years ago. They're all in there in Sleeper. Whereas my text messages are deleted every 30 minutes. All that to be said is that it holds the league accountable because if there is ever a situation where somebody needs to go into their DMs, find where Ben said he thought this about this player or whatever, and I'm bold-faced lying to somebody about maybe the value that I think of somebody else, mm-hmm. I'm just saying it holds the league accountable to have those archives there. Yeah. So I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not. It's not a mandate, nor can we ever make a mandate. People are going to do what they want the same way in the NBA. I feel like that's the rule. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you guys can't do that. And then it's like KD texting Kyrie like, hey, yo, you want to like join up on teams? Yeah. It's the exact same kind of thing would happen. Yeah, it's an individual decision. I'm just throwing it out there as reference for everybody. Like, why would somebody appreciate a DM more? It's mm-hmm. because while I was doing my dealings with Eric, I was able to just see right above that. Like, oh, yeah. I had a great deal with him before. Yeah. And when our businesses have a great camaraderie and history together, I mean, yeah. it encourages me to do more business. I think that's good. And I, I definitely, if somebody just sends me a trade without any conversation to that point or any type of thought, I typically, like, unless I just really immediately see a potential for a trade, I'll either just, de- I'll just decline it, or if it's just immediately great for me, I'll accept it. I won't counter, because mm-hmm. I, I, if they just send it to me and I don't know what they're really after, I, I feel like if they just send me a trade, they're trying to get one over on me. They just send me, okay. Well, that's what I would say to that is that if you are sending a trade, I do think generally it needs to be, in their opinion, a good mm-hmm. trade for them. They're not yeah. having a single one that's negative. I just want the conversation behind that as well. Exactly. That's yep. why I completely agree with mm-hmm. that. But that's why those scare me a little bit is because I do think that you're going to put your best foot forward mm-hmm. and then you should anticipate a counter. Yep. So I'm surprised that you don't counter because usually well, I see it as an invitation to counter. Yeah. It's not, this is the, whenever I receive that, it's not a, hey, this is the end all, be all, I'm not moving. I see it as, hey, this is beneficial for me. It gets some thoughts stirring and then you can get some counter. I guess to amend that, I would I don't counter without having a conversation because I don't know what they're wanting. They're just sending me, send me this player, this player, I'll send you this player, this player, but what are they really after? 
do they want this player or are they more after this player? You know, so it, I, if I'm interested at all, then I'll, yeah, I would respond and say, let's do this or this is what I'm thinking, what are you after? But yeah, if you just send me a trade and I'm not into it, I'm probably just going to decline it unless I see something immediate if I don't know what your thoughts are. It's just hard to tell what somebody's after. Okay. I wanted to give you some history uh, for trades that I have received. And I want you to tell me your gut reaction. Okay. And then we're going to move swiftly through this. So swiftly ETN lame? Correct. Now, these are disclosing a few of the leagues, members in the league, so if this is insulting, uh, don't find it. But I will say that none of us were able to come to an agreement on these deals because they were very, very close. And we weren't necessarily very, very confident moving forward either way. So for those reasons, all of these dealings were comfortable, exceptional, upright, and professional. But I do want to get your thoughts mm -hmm. on one of these. So. Hit me. Gus and DK Metcalf. Okay. For Zeke. Okay. This is after the injury. This is after the injury. So you've got Gus potential, potential um, high volume runner. Yeah, you think he'd finish probably in the top fifteen? This is the conversation me and Luke Schultz had. Could be. Could be. Could be. Zeke very big question to mark. Fall out of the fifteen would be very very surprising. Yeah. DK. Explosive player. Very much so. Really broke out. Potential. Wide receiver one this year, possibly. So, yeah, this is your classic. I've got two players that maybe have some upside, potentially could be great this year for your established player. Mm -hmm. I don't like making those trades from that side. You don't like making the trade from my side, giving up the star for sure. the upside players? Yeah, it's, it's hard to make that trade. You think DK is an upside player, or do you think that he's an established vet? I think he's still an upside at this point. Okay. I don't think he's established vet quite yet. He's had a good year. Uh, there's still Tyler Lockett to worry about. There's still the targets going that way. Sure. But I mean, it's it's definitely it's it's more of a. It's not necessarily a volume play. It's a I'm going to have this player that's going to have some breakout huge weeks type play, yeah. not like a as the backbone of the roster. Correct, and I agree, and that's where the confidence with me letting go of Zeke was tough. Mm -hmm. is that you are giving up essentially your backbone, especially with a lineup like mine. You gain the, the ceiling increases mm -hmm. with players like that, but I agree. Next. Okay. Brother Evan Shacklett. Mahomes, Josh Jacobson, Michael Thomas. Okay. For Mixon, Cup, and Hurts. And who? Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Oh, Jalen Hurts. Essentially a QB swap. And mm -hmm. I want to get your thoughts on that, and then I had a counter to that. Okay. Of course, I want to get your thoughts on that as well. So it's Hurts. Say say his side again. Mixon. Mixon. Cup and Hurts. Mixon, Cup, and Hurts. Okay. For Mahomes. Yep. For Jacob Jacobs. Quarterback. And Michael Thomas. Jacobs and Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas on the pub list probably for the next three to five weeks. Yeah. Maybe six. Six, I think. Is it? I don't know what the puff I'm pretty sure it's six weeks. Required. But they're expecting him to be back week seven. Okay. Like they're saying he's going to be good to go week seven, I think. But this was this trade offered before he was landed on the pup yeah, list no, for sure? Is, yeah, no, this is all just, this is like days ago. 
Okay. Um, yeah, Mixon, high volume. For sure. I mean, he's, he's the guy. He's the running back. And then you've got Cup. Oh, man. I mean, he had a great year. He seemed like the wide receiver one for a few weeks, mm-hmm. you know? And then, but, yeah, there's a lot of question marks Stafford. on that side. Hmm? Stafford. Stafford, yeah, that's that's the upside play. Is is Stafford going to be better for Cup? Yeah, I mean that's tough to get rid of Mahomes. I mean, especially after an auction draft. I I think this is what we talked about a little bit about earlier off the pod. Is like between the draft and week one, it's so hard to sell yourself to get rid of a player that you drafted mm-hmm. because you're just you're sold out on that player. But you're giving away a foundational piece of your roster that every week has a matchup win with Patrick Mahomes it's it's you know my quarterback is going to give me an advantage this week Mm -hmm. and then you're getting you know some players that I mean I've I've had Mixon on the roster it can be really bad (laughs) it can be really (laughs) rough week to week it can be really hard because he's they've just he just runs into the offensive line that just completely collapses and he's just like yeah I don't care if you get 30 carries you're not going anywhere. So I think it's hard for me from that side. It's another situation where you got the star player and you've got several players that could be great or have a lot of volume. It's just hard. It's hard to get rid of that star player. Okay. So in response to that, I agree. I counter with, I don't care about Jalen Hurts personally. Yeah. Trash to me. Probably go out and get Fitzpatrick before I played Hurts. Maybe that's because I'm an idiot, but I just feel high on Fitzpatrick and the targets that he's got mm-hmm. versus Jalen Hurts and his throwing ability. I get that he's a running threat. But who is he throwing to? Mm-hmm. Devontae Smith, that's it. So I'm just not very high on that. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I countered us said drop hurts. He's garbage anyways. Mm-hmm. And add Chenault, the viscous Chenault. So it was, now it's Chenault, Cup, and Mixon. Okay. And Jacobs, Thomas, and Mahomes. Okay. Does that, it doesn't tip the scales, I'm assuming, because you're right. It's still the same scenario. Mahomes is the guy that you're trying to get. Mm-hmm. He's downgrading and running back for Josh Jacobs, and Michael Thomas might be a long-term play for him. But So he turned that down? Uh, it was presented. He did not want to give up two of the wide receivers for a wide receiver that wouldn't be playable until week seven. Sure, yeah. So the depth was yeah, the, the Michael Thomas part of that is the part that, yeah, but I think he's really high on Chanel, obviously. Oh, so am I. So. Mr. Yeah. Bugspray. Okay. Why Bugspray? So last year he had a lot of injury bugs that we talked about. He's finding them oh, in the sink. Right. He's finding them in the shower. <laughs> and LaVisca Chenault was his Mr. Bugspray. He was so the good. one that was going to right. save the team. So then the overall blockbuster counter was this. Okay. You're going to have to wrap your brain around this one. Okay. That's a big And we were very close on this. This is not far off. Yep. But Mahomes, Kelsey, Jacobs... And Michael Thomas. Wow, we're really throwing them out there, huh? For okay. Hertz, you get your quarterback sub. Sure. Fant, you get your tight end sub. If he plays. Yeah. Nixon, <laughs> Allen, and Chanel. Keenan Allen? Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is his counter to you? Well, it was, it was a, it technically was, yes. Wow. And he, it, again, not offered, but screenshot sent. Yeah, and this is before, this is what happened before you said... This was today. Oh, this was today? Yes. Okay, I thought there was some point you came to the group me and said, Keenan Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. And we can talk about that real quick if yeah. you want to. I think that it's ridiculous to think the number one quarterback wouldn't beat one of the top, what did we discuss in the group me, a top 
five wide receiver once. Actually, I came more over to Evan's side at least logically because I mean it makes sense to like in a vacuum. So just you got the two picks since. Yeah, if I was, I'm just not high on Keenan Allen myself because, and it's probably because of personal problems I have with having him on the roster in the past, and he just didn't deliver. We all have those emotional. Yeah, but I mean. Yeah, I mean, I would rather have a stud wide receiver than a quarterback, on average. I agree with that. I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. Because I do think there's depth in the quarterback position that you can just go and yep. get anywhere. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to, I guess I guess that's what I'm getting at, is the, the tier of the top quarterback. Yeah. I mean, the top two. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't, does that not change the positional ranking that you have? If it was a different wide receiver in the same tier as Keenan Allen, then I may be more swayed to the wide receiver side. Yes, because I mean you've got two wide receiver spots, huh? DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins or or Pat Mahomes? Yeah, I'm taking Hopkins probably. You think the Keenan Allen and DeAndre are in the same tier? Um, I think they're close. Yeah, they're probably close. I think Hopkins may be a little higher in my mind. Okay. That's what I needed to see. What I needed to hear. Blockbuster, though. That, that I mean, yeah. That's that, still technically all those trades are actually still on the table. Yeah. We're, they're open for discussion. We're waiting for a couple of injury things to come through. I don't know. It'd be exciting. Yeah. Parts. It's all about what you believe about. I mean, because Josh Jacobs is kind of a question mark. Joe yeah. Mixon's kind of a question mark. I mean, he's going to get the volume, but is he going to produce? Is he going to stay healthy? I mean, there's a lot of question marks around it. But the foundational pieces are Pat Mahomes and Keenan Allen. And so you've got, like, and Kelsey. Well, of course, Kelsey. I mean, that's the huge part to me. I agree. I personally, after that conversation with him, realized that I think Mahomes is actually on the trading block, which is crazy to say after all that we've mm-hmm. been discussing. Mm-hmm. But I think keeping Kelsey is a backbone player for me, and you get the value of Mahomes in that player because he's getting so much of the targets from a great quarterback. Yeah. So you keep Kelsey, get rid of Mahomes, you can get value for him. And I, get, I guess I'm showing my cards here. You lose the stack, but... I mean, yeah, and that, and it's hard to get away from it because that's even more security. It's mm-hmm. it's security on security. I would take Kelsey over Mahomes in a vacuum, but to have them both, it's really tough to get away from. Mm-hmm. So, I just decided I want a top three tight end this year. So did I. Yeah. So did I. I said I'm tired of it. I've been streaming mm-hmm. them for years, and I'm effing exhausted. Yep. I'm like Waller, Kelsey, or Kittle is going to end up on my team this year. Who'd you get? Kittle. Yeah. Yeah. He's the last one left in the top three. Okay, so that is a couple of trade talk, man. Uh, one one that was actually sent here in this pod that maybe we can get into just a little bit: Devonte Parker and Mike Williams from the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm-hmm. Juju Smith Schuster. Both of them for Smith Schuster. Yep. Trash for trash, we're just trading trash at this point. You're getting more trash, and he's getting less trash. Yeah, I like the targets that Devonte Parker potentially offers, as he has been a target machine from previous seasons. Yeah. But and we don't know with Miami what it's going to look like with Tua. Personally, I'm not high on Tua at all. I really am not. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to be good. Sure. And they're going to be stuck in Miami with a bad quarterback for a long time, and I've been there before. Well, if they get Deshaun. I think that honestly is a great move for them. I'll have to mull that one over. Mull it over. Trades are fun. I, I definitely, man, yeah. Trades are... One of the best parts of fantasy. Honestly, I think it's the best part. I would say draft day is my favorite. Well, Winning a championship is my second favorite. Have and then trades are my third. 
Not in this league, but no. yes, I have in, in the past. League? Yes. I mean, they I don't, don't matter. Not that you have. I just, I, yeah. This is not me trying to be mean. I'm just being... I'm oh, I'm very secure in my championship hood. You don't have to worry about <laughs> offending me. Okay. All right. Fair. <laughs> Sorry. I... Oh, man. Okay. So, that concludes our trace talks. I appreciate everybody listening to those. Those are very important to us. Uh, honestly, if you listen this far to the podcast and we're almost an hour and a half in, yeah, then... We're getting there. You're getting a lot of insight as to maybe people that are shopping players, uh, some insight into the trades. So, with that, glad that you're listening. We're very, very excited. Get out there and get traded. Uh, take take some of our perspective uh, into consideration when you are making those trades because maybe somebody appreciates the way that you send them. That's right. Whether they received. Cool. So, with that, let's go ahead and get into our sticky segment. <laughs> Pipe down eight and a half. Eight and a half, yes. Give me the golf clap. Okay. So, getting into stickies, do you want to tell people what sticky is about, what it is? Yeah, for those of you new to this league, for listening from Caterham all the way down to Antarctica, stickies are life. What's funny that you say sticky? Well, okay, keep going. Okay, I'd like to keep going. Stickies are sticky notes. And upon these sticky notes are our lifeblood. And our lifeblood is what we believe about what's going to happen in the future. So, you make a take in the group. You, you, you think you're just having a casual conversation in the group meet and you're saying, I guarantee this is going to happen. Or, I'm going to beat this person. Or, this player sucks and they're never going to be in the top 24. You think you're just having a casual conversation? No. Someone's watching. Someone hears you making the take that you're making, and it's going to end up on our wall here in the dojo on a sticky note that we can track and see how right you are. Or, you be held accountable. Or potentially how wrong you are. Because, yes, this league is nothing if we're not holding each other accountable to our takes because what we believe is king in the group me. What we state in the group me is the top of importance in the eight and a half. <laughs> not trying not to say um because you're gonna pass me. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah. So the most important thing in the group me is mean what you say, say what you mean because it's gonna end up on the wall and we're gonna review it from week to week to see who's right and who's wrong. And the slander will become a weekly topic. So with that, we did have some. We've got some stuff to stick on the wall. Not a whole lot, but to start, I will say that. We've got a few things that have been thrown into the group me. We are going to begin to make takes before the season starts. So for all the people that have, again, listened this far into the podcast, feel free to state your takes, state some of your big ones so that you can be acknowledged and honored Absolutely. when the time comes. There is embarrassment on the other side of that, but we're not afraid of that either. So stake your claims, make your, make your statements, and let us put them on the wall. That's right. So we've got a few this week, though. That's right. So one of our top stickies of last year was we had a running total of Evan S's guarantees. Yeah, this is important. I don't, I, I, to cut you off, the reality is that these are less stickies as much as Evan has created in our minds the idea that when he guarantees something, mm. it is more significant than him just agreeing with something or stating something via sentence in English language. Sure. Those have not really panned out to be true. I think in our recent history, because I want to say that 
in previous seasons, his guarantees have only been 50% correct. That may be inaccurate. Maybe the group he can help bring to life and hold us accountable for the statistics. We are going to create a doc for these stickies to reference from previous years. Yep. But with that being said, I know that he did not have a great percentage last year on guarantees actually coming to fruition. Yeah, I feel like I remember it being average. At best. At best. But as we talked about, as time goes on, that's when truth is proven. That's when variance matters less and truth matters more. So, the more he makes these guarantees and the more he's right about them, perhaps he becomes more of a sleeper projection or perhaps he becomes more of a holy Bible. And what he says is truth. So, <laughs> maybe he becomes Dalvinism at the end of all this. Maybe the guarantees become divine election. Time will tell. So, we're going to stick him on the wall. We had the semblance of what may have been a guarantee with a week one victory against Connor, where Jalen Hurts was going to destroy, but it's all hinging upon Noah Fant playing, so we're waiting on Evan S to finalize that guarantee. We're not going to stick that one on the wall yet. Appreciate that. If if Fant is healthy, then we're going to ask Evan S to we're going to call him up to say, Are you going to guarantee this? Yeah, and what I'll go ahead and kind of start on and include real quickly with this takes are Definitive in nature. They have a beginning, they have an end, they have clarity. Yes. They are not gray in nature, they are not vague. If there's anything we learned last year, there needs to be no gray area and in that's what I was going to say, is bringing up last year is that we had a very, very long, stupid, stupid, sticky discussion about Chase Edmonds versus Kenyon Drake and how a statement made about who would be the starting running back or who would be a top-tier running back, blah, 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 blah. It was starting, yeah. Yeah, and... It was ridiculous. So with that being said, make your states clear. Try your best. If you are not comfortable making the comment, you don't have to make it. But at the same time, if you do want to prove yourself as a wise elder statesman in this league of someone who has wisdom and understanding beyond our belief, then make your claim, stand behind it, and support it, and then reap the benefits of the glory that comes with that. Don't kind of like fizzle in and say they're going to be, you know, like a top 24 wide receiver, say something like they're going to be a top 20 receiver. They're going to be, you know, a fan. I Put some numbers behind it and be clear. The one that we're going to reference today, I guess, is clear enough. But be clear. Make a statement if you're going to make one or don't make one at all. Yeah, so the first actual sticky that's going on the wall is an Evan S statement from about Devo and LaVisca Chenault, Mr. Bugspray. Mm-hmm. Um, he did make the claim that, because he was talking about his stacked team, I asked him, well, with your stacked roster, are there any guarantees you'd like to make at this point over the course of the season? And he said... It's funny that someone with a stacked roster could almost trade the whole entire thing over to me. Yeah, that's true. It could blow it up real soon. I guess if you're that deep and you're that stacked, you have some pieces that are expendable. Time will tell. Debo and LaVisca, top 24, was his statement. He said he doesn't think he, could, he doesn't know how it could get any bolder than that. Luke did try to say, well, it could get bolder if you said I it was top 20. I input so far in the group. He's been a pretty good <laughs> balancing judge in between a lot of Evan S. ridiculousness. So, I mean, it is true. Um, if you didn't know how it could get bolder, <laughs> that is truly how it could get bolder. Um, Debo and LaVisca, top 24. So that's what he said. He said that both of them would be top 24 receivers. Both of them are top 24. He did try to throw in this hinging thought of 
if barring they miss any time. Again, back to kind of this theory. Obviously, we could all say Patrick Mahomes is going to be the number one quarterback this year if he doesn't miss any games. Again, it's not a cop-out, but it's pretty close. But we've seen play Evan S. play both sides of this fence now. Last season, it was Chase Edmonds is going to take over the starting job by the end of the year. And I said, absolutely not. Kenyon Drake is the starting guy. They paid him to be the starting guy. Right. Then he gets injured for two weeks. And now it's, oh, Chase Edmonds is a so starter. So your take is essentially in jeopardy because it's like, well, did you... So now all of our takes are coming with this caveat of mm-hmm. injury, injury, injury. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that's... I mean, honestly, what I'll say just in a moment of clarity with you, is that okay? Is it okay to put the injury clause yeah. in there? Yeah, to put that in there. Is that fair? Because to his point, obviously, he's... Uh, you're making a bold claim in a league... Mm-hmm. Of national National Football League mm-hmm. to say that somebody's not going to get injured. That's a bold claim. Sure. I guess I feel like all of us should take into consideration that the takes are contingent on injuries because none of us can actually predict those. Is that sure? Is that I mean, every take you make would be contingent upon injury. Every single take. So you have to state it, and again, I mean, do you have what, to though? Well, that's what I'm trying to say is I don't think we should. I don't think and we should. I'm getting to a point now that I didn't think that I would get to. I, I think we got to cut the crap here. We got to move that stuff out of here. There's no injury, whatever, blah blah blah. Kenyon Drake still came back and he was a starter. So at the end of the day, I was right. So all that matters at the end of the day is if you're right. And of course, you can always say, "Well, Debo got hurt, so he didn't make top twenty-four. Yeah, I think that's fair for all of us to say he did get hurt. So sure. the take is not. Yeah. If anything, the take is you don't get roasted because of that take. Now this is great. This is great because we had a counter take to this. Right. And it was David saying true. that he will not be a top 24 because he's going to get injured. So, I, I'm sorry, I'm stealing kind no, of thunder. No, that's exactly where I was going. Is So that's one take, Debo and LaVisca top 24. We're going to allow that, I guess. Is that bold enough for you? Are we going to allow that as the sticky? I, it, it apparently could be bolder, but Evan is not one for bold takes. So We're sticking it. Davis comes on the scene with potentially a first in our league. Oh, gosh. A very first for us on that wall. Oh, yeah? A forever sticky. Oh, boy. A forever sticky. Because he says Debo will never be top 24. N-E-V-E-R? Never. Capital N, capital E. It's like the opposite guarantee. Okay. It's the opposite of a guarantee. It's the never. David says he'll never be a a top 24 because he will get injured. Let me just play this out as a scenario for you. Yeah. And for our listeners here. It's, um, it's... It's a it's a little boy, a walking little. down the street. Young little boy, okay. chewing his gum, blowing his bubbles, and having a great time. La da 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 da, going down the street. Sure. Lavisca, Chanel, and Debo are going to be top twenty four players, top okay. twenty four wide receivers in the league. La da 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 da. I'm with you. A grown man walks up to this little boy, spits in his face, right, and says, little boy, that would never happen. Never. Do you know why that would never happen? Because Debo is going to get hurt. He'll never be a top 24 player, wide receiver in the league. Ever. Yeah. Spits in his face and walks away. Okay. What's up? Sir, why would he never be a top 24 wide 
and the mouse is back. Because he's never going to play. That's the setting that I want everybody to kind of envision here. Evan S. Toddler Mouse. Yes. Um, begging for a top 24. <laughs> and Davis the Grown Man Devil coming in and just spitting in his face and saying yeah. it'll never happen. I love the visual. Thank you. I, I just feel like it needs to be stated. Yeah. How, how dramatic the change is. Oh, from man. Somebody's so take, polarizing. And then for Davis to immediately respond and be like, actually, your take couldn't be more wrong. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and not just this season, but ever. Oh, I love it. But ever. I love it. So, yes, we're going to put that sticky on the wall, and it's I guess it's going to ride on the wall until Debo and is out of the league. Absolutely, 100%. So, yeah, so that's going to be our stickies, and this we're going to ride this forever sticky as long as it will allow itself. We appreciate, Davis, you taking the boldness and going and putting it out there. Yeah, as long as Debo is in the league, as long as Debo has a career, he will never be a top 24, and that's going to stay on the league. Are you putting words in Davis's mouth? Or just... I literally read it word for word just now. Boulder? Debo won't ever finish as a top 24 receiver in his career because of extended absences. I love it. I just love it. I couldn't be more on board with it. And I don't think that it's that bad of a take. Obviously, yeah. Honestly, yeah. So. So those are our, ta- those are our stickies. That's the stickies we have. We will have more of those throughout the league. There's going to be plenty of those. Again, I do encourage all of our league members, if you do have a take, if you do have a hunch, feel free to vocalize that so that we can all put it on the sticky and we can reference it weekly because... I really would like to see, again, I think a great example is I do think that Evan is right about LaVisca Chanel. I think that that would be a very intuitive comment to make, that he would finish potentially in the top 20 wide receivers because of where he was drafted, because of the value that he was worth. To get a top 20 wide receiver shows a lot of fantasy football knowledge. And so if you've got any takes like that, anything like that, we want to hear about them. We want to be able to hold you accountable and reference those week to week. So no other stickies, though, on your list? No other stickies. But just to just to hover on that for a second, to give a, an example of some wide receivers they're beating out, to make you know to talk about how bold this claim is. So that's saying they're beating somebody like potentially a Deontay Johnson, mm. a Brandon Ayuk, an Odell Beckham. And Adam Thielen, like to, you have to beat some of these guys out to make top twenty-four. So these are the type of guys, you know, Kenny Galladay's hovering around there, Chase Claypool, wow. Debo's on the on the cusp of that. So those are the type of players. And so I, yeah, I would agree. Like if both of those ended up in the top twenty-four, I'd say it's a pretty impressive take. So I want to hear it. I want to hear it before the before we really get started and kickoff starts, and we got a, a whole entire week one to kind of pull off of. So mm-hmm. let's hear them. <laughs> Two um, takes. Let's get some stickies on the wall. Yeah. With that, let's go ahead and transition into our final segment of the night. And this is going to be our weekly review. We want to go into this. Uh, we don't have... Uh, we want to explain what this is to everybody who's listening. Every single week, all right, there are matchups, six of them. We've got six winners and six losers every single week. Count them. Mm. Eh, once you get in the week, I think 14, there's some buys and stuff like that. But I only know that because I put in the data by hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that, I want to explain what a pick'em is. It's simply us going through the matchups, us deciding between me and Patrick. If the other people in this league want to get in on this, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. 
But I know that me and you did a tradition last year, and we're going to do it this year, where we pick our pick'ems, we pick our matchups, we're going to keep track of our matchups. Okay? Example yep. of this week would be me versus Griffin. I choose myself to win. If I get that correct, that is one point. If I mm-hmm. do not get it, there's no points. And at the end, there's a calculation of the regular season correct, just the regular, regular season, season, of our total points that we have got. Whoever has the most points is the winner, and the loser gets a punishment. Yep. So we discussed punishment going into this. What do you uh, do you want to add anything, or do you want to tell us what the punishment is? Yeah, so last year the punishment was, just to get some context, is um, the loser had to do the Blazing Challenge at Buffalo Wild Wings while also paying for the dinner of the winner. Um, loser being Benny P last year, winner being Patrick P. Um, and Ben suffered through some Blazing Wings was while Patrick... Bad. I think it was pretty bad. It was lopsided. And I think that's why, why it is lopsided, is the way that we pick them is we do pick them blindly. Mm-hmm. But there's a good chance that if there's an overwhelming matchup that I might have taken the alternative in hopes to upset and gain back some points. Yeah, so, the last week or two I had a good lead on you, so right. you had to take some risks right. to try Which to could only counteract either me. bring me closer or could... Yeah, or just lose, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it can Which snowball. It can snowball. Um, this year we're talking I'm about... I blazing was not that bad. Right, that's, and that, that's what we talked about was I sat there and watched him do the blazing... And I'll be honest, what happened was I ate the first wing, the second wing, and then my whole entire lips and tongue were numb, so I was just eating chicken. It just didn't seem like he was struggling too bad. He got through it in a pretty good time, and um, I don't think he suffered enough for me to enjoy it. Hmm? It was like 40 minutes. I I felt like that was a pretty good time. The actual place of challenge is like six. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, obviously there was no time constraint here, but it wasn't. I didn't see you lollygagging. Thank you. And you also didn't indulge in any milk or beer or anything that would help cut that either. I forgot about that thing. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I was not impressed by the challenge because I didn't think it was bad enough. Yeah. So we're going to try to... Uh, did we land on something? Yeah, we upped the ante a little bit. Okay. And what that is... Oh, yes. Is if anyone has heard about the one chip challenge, Yep. that is what we're doing. I've heard that people have had... Um, some pretty bad issues after doing I'm the winter challenge. Die. I don't think there's death, but there's definitely some large discomfort. Yes. On the forefront. And that's what we want. Mm-hmm. I'm upset because really I just want you to pay for one of my dinners. <laughs> I still think that that could be part of it. I think you can do the one chip, and you know, pay for the other one's dinner. <laughs> it could just be two addicts. No, just the same time. No, I don't think I can do it at the same time. Like, if we're out in a public setting and I take that chip, I'm going to need to... I feel like I'm going to need to hunker down. No, it can be takeout. We can bring you whatever meal I want. You give me some Panda Express, I come over. And um, anybody that league wants to come over can come over as well. You do the one chip challenge while I sit there and eat some orange chicken that you bought for me. And everybody else can BYO whatever they want to eat and drink while they watch Ben P. struggle. That is... Seem to talk about this as if I'm gonna lose. That's what I assume, but I, you know, I, how else should I look at it? You would lose. Yeah, I don't want to look at it that way. Okay. <laughs> but that's our weekly pick. We'll be keeping count of that. You can kind of follow along with us. It'll, we'll be keeping running tabs on that. It'll be fun. Um, I'm just. I I I'm such no! a bad 
Yeah, we did not Buzzer. do a good job. This podcast of holding each other accountable, maybe we'll be better throughout the weeks. Yeah, I but think I, I should like be better. Too many. I'm not gonna hate <laughs> I also think that we did a lot better than we anticipated. That's true. So that's true. With that being said, I mean, we're going to kind of break it down here. Is there anything you want to say to our Catahan listeners, our 12 Fight Club League members, anything that uh, hasn't already been said? I'm just, man, so excited excited that NFL is back. Yeah, baby. Man. And, man, next Thursday. We're literally, well, now it's, it's after midnight. It's Thursday. We're one week away from the season starting. Gosh, it's fantastic. One week. So there's a lot to look forward to. You're going to have weekly pickups to look at every single week. You're going to be having stickies to reference every single week. We'll be talking about all the trades and waiver movement. Obviously, preseason, there's not going to be a whole lot of waiver junk. Uh, we will be referencing big data time and time again, as all the data does. Continue to grow. It is big. In this session, let us try to understand what is big data. Is the next big question that comes to our how mind huge. is, how huge this data needs how to huge? be? We'll be referencing big data, data time and time again. We'll have we'll try to incorporate as many full team segments so that you feel like you're getting mentioned in this podcast as possible. That's our goal. But yeah, we hope that you enjoy the Pump Fake podcast. We love producing it. Uh, anything you want to say to the listeners before we head out here? Yeah, we're also, I mean, we're going to try to get some other league mates on the pod, get Absolutely. some interviews in, get some, if there's some hot pressing questions to ask on the league based on something that's happened, we want to get some multiple views on that. So we're going to be looking looking out for that as well this year. 100%. So, uh, as always, Patrick P., thanks for joining me. Love producing this podcast with you in the dojo. Um, we're going we're gonna to phase out here, man. It's, uh, yep. I love it. It's a good time. We'll beat you. We'll affirm you. We'll tickle you next week. I'm looking forward to it, man. Gosh, good times. Not talking.